Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody, it is time for Not Just Blowing Smoke. Coming at you live from Twins Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooksett, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us right here on Facebook or YouTube if you're watching live. If you're listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever else you're getting this from, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. I'm Pastor Padrone. I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul and Pat and Dave. And tonight we are just ourselves. There's no guests. There's no special thing going on. And we are going to be smoking this little boy. This is the Padron 1926 series number six Maduro. It's a great little box pressed Robusto, all Nicaraguan, uh, wrapper binder filler. And uh, what are we going to be drinking with this? Uh, Pat, you brought the drink this week for, for us to pair with the cigar, correct? Yep. Yep. So yep. while I'm actually lighting the cigar, <laughs> do you want to talk on the podcast? And that's what it is. Yep. <laughs> so we're drinking the um, Old yep. Forester Whiskey Rose Series 1920 Prohibition style. Nice. So this is one of my favorite bourbons because I kind of call it like the stout of bourbon. And it's based on, it's so uh, during the Prohibition, there were only six distilleries that were permitted to continue making bourbon and whiskey for uh, like medical, medical purposes. purposes. Yeah. Med so, medicinal purposes. Yeah. Um, so it was <laughs> under permit KY3, and in 1920, they started bottling. Not um, the jelly, the state. Right? <laughs> KY13. That was the name of the permit. <laughs> Oh, it's, yeah, it's in yes. Kentucky, yes. A, yeah. Someday it'll I catch up with people, you, Pat. It'll just... catch up with you someday, Pat. So... When it does, you'll smile. <laughs> I thought you were lighting your cigar so you'd shut up, Dan. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, um, but, yeah, so Ouch. it's a uh, 100... Shut up, back, Dan. It's 115 proof, which is what the bourbon was back then when they were doing it, and they barrel it at 100 proof, but then after the angel shares, it always comes up to be um, 115 proof. And it's a blend of 72% corn, 18% rye, and 10% malted malted barley. Malted? Malted barley. So malted. it's really good. It has like a really thick caramel sweetness. It has like mocha-wee. Mocha-wee? It's, it's very mocha like mocha-wee. Mocha-wee. It's a long finish, and I figured it would pair long. well with a full-bodied Maduro cigar. Since you are in law school... Mm. What was the name of the act that started prohibition in, in 1920? I just know it was the 21st Amendment that abolished the prohibition, which is the legal part of it <laughs> that I need to know. I only remember the important part, when it ended. The 21st Amendment. It's called the Volstead Act. The 
1920. And it ended December 10th of 1931. I think 31, maybe 32. You should know you, you should know this stuff, man. You're well, this isn't be... really like a law school topic. I just know it based on. Topics. So is that a is that an Apple or an iPhone there? I see. I'm not looking at that here. This is just the, <laughs> the uh, cry phone. I'm on Forrester's <laughs> website. Oh, well, he's cheating. Maybe you should ask Siri if there's uh, something on there then about when the act was uh, done. All right. So we're smoking. The bourbon is fantastic. Oh, yeah. It, it, this does not. We, we've had bourbons that are, were really high in ABV before. Mm -hmm. Um this doesn't this does you can obviously you obviously know this is more than your normal 40 proof oh, thing but this doesn't have that oh my gosh i'm like basically drinking alcohol yeah, it doesn't have the major burn factor no, no bite it's got no. a little bit of a burn but it has it's, but really it's, it's nice smooth. bites. yes it does like, yeah mm -hmm. it's, it's tingly and it, it's mostly on the finish mm -hmm. i got a lot of caramel yes. uh cherry uh some oakiness to it, mm -hmm. um, a little bit yuck. of that, that spice in the background, and especially on the finish, but it is a yep. very flavorful, uh, somewhat smooth, but just really just a lot of different flavors coming out. It's, this is really good. It also leaves like this really like malted kind of sweet finish, mm -hmm. and it really is nice to introduce <laughs> a cigar on top of that, because like with it being the Maduro, I think that the sweetness from the Padron gets brought out really nicely with it, so. Yeah. my mouth and, malted. You know, and this is one of my favorite sizes in the 1926 series, the Padron. You can imagine Pastor Padron is a big Padron fan, aficionado, and uh, cocoa, coffee, mm -hmm. earth, yes, some oak, you know, mixed with a, some nice black and white pepper spice, especially in the retro. Mm -hmm. This oh, yes. starts off really, really sweet, and the caramel notes in the bourbon are just playing right they're playing around with Hallelujah. it that retro was unbelievable yep oh yeah it amped it right up for me a lot of yep. like i said a lot of that cocoa coffee um earthy spice but that retro burn wow. the tongue yeah. and the burn in the nose big time mm -hmm. big time yeah it, this 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 bourbon absolutely uh brings those notes up big time a couple of notches yeah this is this is really good mm. it's kind of cool pairing, too, my friends 1926 is when Jose Padron was born, so I just thought, like, number-wise, like, not, that was during the Prohibition. This is a 1920 Prohibition style, so, like, the the names kind of mingle together, so. Well, isn't the 1926 series celebrating his 75th birthday? Is that no, right? that's his. Well, that might be born. why when it came out, but yeah. 1926 was the year 2001, I think it's when it came out, Yeah, but 19, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was celebrating that, but 1926 is when he was actually Right, born. you know, yeah, I get yeah, that, yeah. but they, they created the 26 series for his 75th birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cigar didn't come yeah. out in 1926. No. <laughs> well, but Jordan didn't start in 1964, <laughs> <I> so. <know. laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a neat trick, you know. Mm. Anyway. What are you getting from the cigar, Dave? Um, Thanks, Dave. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Cocoa, espresso, with some, you know, a little coffee, and just, you know, just to AKA echo. espresso. No, they're different. <laughs> they're, uh, yeah, it's from um, completely different plants. Is it really? I didn't know that. No, it's not. It's, it's the same bean. Okay. Yeah. I was, I thought it was the same. So that's good. It is the same. That's good. That's why it's coffee. <laughs> 
stronger. It's the process. The process yeah. makes espresso. Yeah. It's like Maduro and Broadly. Maduro's a color. Well, you don't know what I mean. It's, it's a process, but they're both tobacco. Broadleaf is not a Maduro. Broadleaf is I mean. a kind of plant, and Maduro is a, a color. Process. Maduro. <laughs> It's a, color. Process. It's, a process. it's a color. Process. It's a color. It's, a color. it's, it's a like process. a claro. Claro's a color. Maduro is a process. Correct. No. Thank you, Paul. Yes. Thank you. The broadleaf is also on one of your favorite cigars, the Roma de Cuba. Yeah. But it's also on the Chata Oak broadleaf. Yep. Maduro. See the, the right. Chata, it can the Chata, be a Maduro. The, 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 right. The Roma de Cuba is not Maduro, but mm -hmm. it is a broadleaf. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank now that I get that straight now. <laughs> it's a color. <laughs> and a process. <laughs> it means ripe. That's it's ripe. Exactly that's, right. That's You're what it aged. is. It's really Whenever aged. I smoke the uh, 1926 uh, or any Padron Maduro, I get like graham crackers. If anyone else can. On what? Uh, I, what? Think, on, on I think, what? It, I think it, that's it, your baking spice. It, you're, you're, no, no, it, no, we're, <laughs> not, we're not getting graham it, crackers. Graham like, crackers no. taste oh, like you getting a graham spice. cracker on the Padron? Yeah. It's like what? a, it's a Are you dry. Are sure you're not getting that from the, from the. No, it's a dry sweetness. Did you yeah. brush? This is my fourth <laughs> drink. It's a dry I sweetness. I now taste graham crackers. It's a dry sweetness, and it, it tastes like those chocolate graham crackers. Maduro well, crackers. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this though. This this has a long finish to it, mm -hmm. so it might be playing with your palate a little bit when you draw on the Padron and maybe. You're thinking it's coming from the Padron, but it might very well be coming I've from. I've these before, Paul. I know. All right. Yeah. I think we've just lost any kind of respect this show just had uh, a few minutes ago. And yep. I don't hear, I don't <laughs> I hear <laughs> any, any naysayers to that, so uh, please forgive That's us. That's because there isn't any. <laughs> so one of the things that uh, we thought we'd talk about tonight as we're smoking this is brick and mortar versus online shopping. And uh, this is something that, you know, as a, you know, twins being a brick and mortar store, us working in brick and mortar stores, obviously important to us. Um, what are the pros and cons of each? What are the advantages? Um, I think, you know, I'll, I'll set the stage and say this, Unf you know, here in New Hampshire, especially in Southern New Hampshire, there seems to be a cigar shop on just about every corner. Um, and so anybody, you know, within a 20, 30 mile radius of where we're sitting can get to a smoke shop in about 15 minutes. There's no reason not to go to a brick and mortar store. There are people I know, one of our listeners, Rod, is one. I think he said it was three hours to the closest brick-and-mortar store. Yeah. I, I have friends out in the Midwest. There's nothing within a day's driving distance. you know. And so in the, and that's, I think there is a place for online shopping you know, because they're, they're, it, it enables people who don't have the luxury of a brick-and-mortar store near them within driving distance to, to partake in the, in the hobby. But let's let's talk about you know so we can we can have that you know down as a base but let's let's talk about you know when you are around brick and mortar stuff rod says 3 hours by plane 3 hours by plane yeah. okay i stand corrected 
Um, oh my God. <laughs> I can get from here to Florida we, in three hours. I, yeah, oh you can get to here, Florida, and back in three hours. <laughs> you know, it's it's ridiculous. So wh- why should people do brick and mortar over doing online if brick and mortar is available to them? Well, I think brick and mortar offers it's really multifold. Uh, first of all, um, you I can I mean I'll use twins obviously for example. There's always going to be something new in the humidor every week, and I think a lot of people want to go in there and see. Like we talk about it too. We've got people who come in and they'll ask, "Hey, what's what's the latest and greatest?" Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So they want to see what's new in the humidor. Um, they may be unsure of what they really want to smoke they come in they see what 1700 facings and it yeah. just takes them a while to get to get their their footing and and figure out what they're going to smoke but i think it's also the service part too i mean we provide you know one heck of a customer service experience at at, at twins here and it's it's you know, i think it's contagious they want to come in they want to speak to their tobacconists they want to find out what's going on they want to see what's new in the briary right um and they want to take uh, advantages of, of those experiences which Unfortunately, the online stores just don't have. They don't have the service. Yes. Um, they they and they you know they don't offer all the cigars that we offer. The spe- specifically the new or limited ones that mm-hmm. we were able to get. Um, in the tobacco world, Dan, I you know look at what we've look at what you brought in in this just in the last three months. Yeah. You know a lot of new tobacco, um, our own blend. You know yep. for for. You know that's uh, you know Boston Tea Party. Party. Yep, yep, it's a great, uh, it's a fantastic tobacco, and mm. we're the only ones to carry it. But uh, I think in the online for, for the online, it is going to give you a better price in a lot of the different cigars. So it, sure, it's cheaper to to buy online, um, and there are certain lines of cigars that we do not carry that you may be able to find at online right. retailers. Right. I was one of that. I mean, before I came to Twins, I used to shop exclusively online um what was the attraction to that um it just because i was able to get a lot of different cigars um in one shipment i would get like these packs you know let's say 40 full body cigars for Mm -hmm. let's say 100 bucks and and each cigar was different Mm -hmm. and i liked that idea it would get me a chance to try different cigars figure out which i like which i didn't and then next time i ordered i would go back and, and get maybe another pack or maybe focus on the cigars that i liked out of that pack and get those cigars in boxes so um it did allow me to get other cigars that i might not be able to find in my brick and mortar store um at a, at a really good price and uh mm. i'll think i'll just tell you one for example that we actually sell a few of them in the humidor at the diesel line yep um i was introduced to that line by a relative about 10 years ago and i fell in love with it and i kept getting uh their variety pack, and I, every month I would order it. I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And that's not something you can find at any brick and mortar. It was only an online exclusive, mm-hmm. um, and it was very inexpensive. Um, but then, unfortunately, the service <laughs> went down. Uh, the cigars started to dry up, and then at that point there, I started working for Twins, and I never looked back. Mm. Um, so there is something to be said for online if you can't find it at your local retailer. And that's something that's a cigar or cigars that you really want to get. That that makes sense. But I would say for me, I'm I'm gonna support the brick and mortar because I know, first of all, service, uh, selection, 
uh, and the fact that they're going to be humidified. You know. <laughs> you're going to know. You know. You're going to know what you're getting. Yeah, exactly. And there's yeah. the thing. I mean, even if even if a, uh, an online place does a great job at taking care of the cigars, when they the voyage. are yeah. mailed to you, however long it takes, they're going to get super hot. They're going to get super cold. Yep. You don't know how they're going to get treated. People, you know, the packages get chucked around and stuff, bounced around and yes, all this they do. stuff. And you don't know what you're going to get, you know, and cigars are very fragile things. And, and so, um, I mean, we've, you know, even just, you know, it's sometimes when we get cigars, you know, if things have been jostled around, you see a box that's damaged, you know, if it happens to us and we're getting them from the manufacturers, it's certainly possible for it to happen to you. Yep. And it's it's happened to me in in the past, but you have no real idea in my mind, you know, how the cigars have been cared for before you go, get them, and so you really just when you get them from an online place, my general rule is put them in your humidor and forget them for like two three weeks, maybe a month, yep. so that they rest and you know the humidity is going to be right, and quite frankly, I don't want to go through that. I'm I am much more um, into going to my local tobacconist. And if they don't have what, what I'm looking for, the first thing I'm going to do is ask if they can get it. Because to me, doing an online purchase is in, in my position where I am is like a last resort. Mm -hmm. yep. Pat, you're very quiet. I'm just waiting for an opportunity, Dan. Your opportunity has come. So, I think, like, when I think of the question, I kind of like, distinguish, you know, the luxury tobacco industry from everything else. Like, for instance, like, if I asked you, like, why would you go into a Walmart? You'd be like, oh, I don't know, because Amazon has everything. Like, you don't have to go into these places to buy stuff. It's more convenient to go on Amazon and get it. But then you also go into a Walmart, and there's not, you know, if you're getting, let's just, I don't know, let's take something random, like, a toilet all right okay they don't have an expert <laughs> in walmart well i'm just thinking i mean they have everything there's no expert in toilets at walmart so it, 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 there's no different from you going online doing your own research than going into walmart and doing your own research right so uh, i think the trend when it comes to that portion is is much different than you know like a tobacconist because when you walk into twins you may not know what you want and you can be guided the right way. You're not really fending for yourself. And I think a big thing too is if there's a scenario where a B&M doesn't have what you want, you have you know experts there that can kind of take what you're wanting and even maybe get you something you wouldn't have gotten online. You might enjoy more than what you originally went in for. Right. So I think yeah. like to Paul's point, the service portion of it is unique to B&Ms because you don't have like a live chat on these websites with somebody that can kind of guide you the right way and i know you know the shock factor when you walk into twins and all those facings 1700 facings you know it, it it's people don't really know where to go they, they have to kind of take it all in but if you go to a website at least at twins you have all those facings within your vision when you're online you know you have to click on certain links you have to for one know what brand you're looking for and then you have to find that brand and then that's yep. when you see the condensed portion of that so I think that's mainly to me why B&M is, you know, 
better than online, but also, and then your point, you can kind of feel the cigars and look at them before you even buy them. Yeah. But the only thing that I think stands true to when I have this conversation with other people is you can get better deals online in a lot of um, situations because they bulk buy more than a B&M would. Right. And, and that's when you kind of go through the process of, well, it's cheaper, but again, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know the conditions it's kept in. They have all of this product, which means they have to store it all. So are they taking shortcuts on it? And then you're not getting the experience of walking in, being able to kind of look around. and You just lose a big function of what I would consider the cigar smoking experience. Like walking right. in and seeing everything and choosing it, to me, is, is part of that. And then if you're going online, you're eliminating that, just getting a box, taking it out, just walking on your porch and smoking it, you know? Yep. So. Yeah. Dave, have you ever bought cigars online? Once. And um, it was because it was a brand by Oliva, Oliva called, um, or wow, the name just flew out of my head. Master Blend? No, it was uh, Hellions, the Oliva Hellions. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and they're not sold in any store. There was an online one only. And I love Oliva's, you know, so I was like, wow, they, you know, I read the reviews. They're full body, they're spicy, peppery. So I was like, wow, I really want to try those. And so that's why I bought them, because I couldn't get them where I was at. We would never get them. But that's that was like the only exception. Um, I don't have. <clears throat> I have four humidors at home. They're all empty. I'm an instant gratification type of guy. You know, I, I smoke what I'm. You know, I buy what I'm smoking. You know, uh, so that online usually is not the place that I go, unless you know if I need it right away, or like if I if I intend on smoking it, I'll go to a store and smoke it, and. To, to my point, if I was going in for a certain thing, you know, I can say to the person at Twins, you know, this is what I want. What do we got? And, you know, they can point out any cigar. So it's, it's nice. That's a huge benefit that uh, you don't have to, there, you know, there's, there's so many cigars that are similar um, that you can, you can almost always get what you want or what you're looking for in taste. And it's funny because, you know, I, I do buy online, I, I'd say pretty constant because, you know, like the cigars I smoke, like Opus and everything, like that's not always coming in. So, you know, sometimes I outsource that. And it's funny because you go on these websites and they try combating that recommendation from a tobacconist by having, you bought this, so you may also like. And then it's like something that is so out there and not relevant to what I like. And I'm like, mm. why is this even an option based on what Bundle I just of bought? forums. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. So that to me is like an, an upsell thing. Then you go to the front page and ironically, that's their showcased deal, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so what's what's the final thought on this topic support your local brick and mortar yep yeah again i mean again if you're unless you're someone who is just you know tied to one specific cigar um and your local brick and mortar doesn't carry it or is out of stock we've seen instances like that last year specifically when we were just suffering through back order after back order depending upon the line so some customers were so intent on getting their cigar that they were forced to go to a brick and mortar who may have had them versus, I'm sorry, the, the online store versus the brick and mortar. Um, 
just because the brick and mortars were out. Uh, so, uh, and unless you if, unless you're really really hooked on a cigar, support your local brick and mortar. We can we can if we are out of a stock on on a, on a specific cigar that you're looking for, we can certainly recommend others that will certainly ple- be pleasing to your palate. Mm. So, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, <clears throat> unless, unless you're in a position like Rod's. Where you need to get on a plane and fly for three hours to get to your nearest brick and mortar, um, support your brick and mortar. <laughs> three hours in a plane rod, my God! How, I think how deep in the in the in the back country do you live? <laughs> where, where, well, no, I'm telling where he lives, but he's must be really Canada, really deep in the woods there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the things that I kind of observe is I think people that are fortunate to have local B&Ms kind of take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, they, they look at what they have in a B&M and then they say, oh, well, I can get this for, you know, this much online. And then they, they start going online and saying, like, oh, I could do this online. I, I think that people that don't have a B&M always wish they had one. But yeah. then when they get it, they start taking it for granted, like, oh, now I know everything, and I know what I like, so now I can just do it on my own, you yeah. know? Well, you know, not for nothing, too, but cigars are very often counterfeited. And, you know, like, I, I see all the time in magazines, you know, like, Rocky Patel seconds, you know, these were, you know, cut wrong or miscolored. You have no idea whether those are actual Rocky seconds or not. You know, it's it just like... In the just like with Cuban cigars, you, you get the label, slap it on the stick, and there it is. If you're paying ten dollars for a cigar in your brick and mortar, and you find it online for five, it's probably not the one in your brick and mortar store. Right. That's the truth. It's probably it's if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. You know, but people, you know, are always, you know, if when if and and when you're finding the real stuff, this is something else that I found. By the time you've added the shipping in, unless you're buying a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars, and the shipping is free, once you add the shipping cost, it's really not any different than getting it at the brick and mortar place either. Mm-hmm. I had a customer who came in today who told me he saw online the. Aging Room Nicaraguan Quattro, mm-hmm. number one cigar of the year from what a year two years ago, right? For five dollars a cigar, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, whoa, what? sorry, can you repeat that? Because that's below cost, right? I mean, if we're selling it for twelve, that's below cost, right? So I mean, I'm, I I I kind of questioned it, but I just let it go. But I'm thinking, is he really getting? The aging room Nicaraguan Quattro was he getting? Well, that's like the same guy who you know says you know I buy Cuban cigars all the time. They're like five bucks a stick. Yeah. Yeah. You just nod your head and say, "Well, do you like the cigars? Yeah, I love them. They're awesome. Well, then great. You know, but I'm thinking to myself, in Cuba, those cigars are twenty bucks U.S. So if you're having them imported from somewhere, and you're not paying, you know. Twenty dollars a stick, it's probably not legit. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the, you know there is the the cost involved, and and it, we all know the cost of everything has gone up. Yep. 
cost of wood, the cost of paper, the cost of ink, the cost of travel, the cost of shipping. Everything. Everything so, has everything gone is up. Everything is going up. And it's going to continue to go up, too. It doesn't look yep. like it's going to stop anytime soon. Mm -mm. So oh. beware of brick-and-mortar deals that seem too good to be true. That is good advice, they, they Paul. Probably will, they probably is. Yep, absolutely. Um, Rod says the most easterly point in North America. We're not called the edge of the earth for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Remember, Rod, we need your mailing address so that we can send you that T-shirt because Nicolux was the uh, uh, nickname that won our little contest. And so you're going to get a, a dog walker T-shirt from us. I don't know if you can wear T-shirts where you live in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no one may ever see it. <laughs> but I guess you'll know you're wearing it. So make sure you get us your uh, mailing address so that we can ship that off to you. Um, this topic is getting kind of depressing. Um, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. And... Um, uh, this is this is off cigar topic, but I I think it's an interesting conversation. You know, a, a few weeks ago we talked about how um, uh, there's been a lot of talk in the cigar industry about what they're doing or not doing as far as naming cigars and cigar brands that may or may not attract minors, and is it intentional? Is it unintentional? Do we need to worry about that? Well. We've had kind of, there's there's kind of a, something that's the, almost the exact opposite uh, thing going on uh, right now, and that is that uh, Disney, which, as many of you know, owns the rights. They bought Marvel Studios. Mm. Um, they've recently acquired Fox. Yep. Um, what was that last year? Something a year or two ago, they acquired Fox, and um, they have just bought the rights to uh, the Netflix Marvel series that was on a number of years ago, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, um, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders, Punisher, all of which are TVMA rated shows. And as a result of buying those and putting them on their streaming service, their up till now family-friendly fair service and brand now offers adult MA titles and when i was trying to turn on disney plus uh the other day for a completely unrelated reason all of a sudden i had to choose whether or not i wanted to see adult ma content and i needed to create a pin to protect myself and my kids from getting that uh if i wanted to block them from seeing those things mm -hmm. and there's been a lot of um, heat that Disney has been getting because here's this brand that has been firmly entrenched in the family-friendly fair forever and had basically up until this point committed not to do anything that was over PG-13. And now they have this adult-only stuff principally because I think because it was Marvel content, they own it, they wanted to get it. Those uh, characters are now entering into movies and things that are going to be coming out uh later on uh daredevil was actually featured in yeah, uh, no, no way, way home, home. Yep, that was the latest awesome spider-man uh so happy movie that. that came out and um disney has been getting a lot of flack that they have 
given up on families. This is a, this is going to be a huge hurt to them and the Disney brand because they are marketing adult content. And, um, and they have actually gotten letters from, from uh, family related groups who are telling them that on the other hand, there's other people saying, thank God, you know, the only reason I had to, to subscribe to Disney plus was star Wars. And after I saw all of that, I really just had no reason to watch it. It's it's if you don't have kids, why have Disney plus mm. now people are saying if this opens a door to more adult content like stuff, maybe Disney is something that, uh, they won't cancel. And they're trying to get to 230, 240 million subscribers in the next two years. Right now, they're not, they're about halfway there. So they've got a lot of work to do. You know, that's a, they're at a, about 130 million subscribers now. So what's, what's your thought on this? Does, do you think adding adult content to Disney plus hurts the Disney brand? Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? Are you glad that those shows are being highlighted again? Paul, I know, has no idea what we're talking about, but <laughs> the rest of you, I think, do. Well, I, I mean, I have, a, I have my own opinion on that. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it, it's, it's maybe Disney figured out that maybe they're capped out on just being a family-oriented channel. Um, I mean, you know, they they see the success that Netflix had over the years. They see yep. what HBO's done with HBO Max. I mean, you go to HBO Max and they've got all types of categories, family, mm -hmm. adult, in between. Um, so maybe they realize if, if they're going to need to increase their subscribers, like you say, um, the only way they can do that is to offer adult-oriented programming. Is to appeal to a wider audience exactly. than just families with Not kids. Not everybody yeah. wants to watch yeah. My Little Pony every day. You know? I mean, do you remember back in the day when, when – uh, when Disney purchased Touchstone Pictures, Touchstone mm -hmm. Pictures was uh, was everything. It, it mean it had yeah. R-rated pictures. It had you know PG-13. It had mm -hmm. everything, and yet that was owned by Disney. Mm -hmm. um, and where Disney was family-oriented, people back then were questioning why are they yep. purchasing a, a a movie house that is doing R-rated films. Um, so maybe they're kind of going back to that route that they need to expand their uh, their audience beyond just families. Yeah, and, you know, and they've been doing it kind of subvertively through Hulu, which they own 70% of. And so a TVMA or R-rated things they've been throwing out on Hulu that maybe they, from companies that, that Disney owns up until now, now it's looking like now Disney has a way to do it on their own. And does that mean that Hulu and Disney are going to merge? Are they going to become one thing and Hulu's going to kind of go away? Or is they going to stay separate and Disney will just offer its own stuff? You know, one of the things that, that um, people were thinking of too is, you know, what two of the most popular Marvel movies that have been out have been owned by Fox, and that's Deadpool 1 and 2. And, Paul, I know you've never seen those. I saw the first one. You saw the first one? Yeah. All right it's very adult stuff mm -hmm. but it's a marvel character now they have the rights to that character they have the rights to the movies but they can't show it unless they have that out you know now they do <clears throat> and and uh, i know there's they're in the works to making a deadpool 3 mm -hmm. you know uh, another sequel to that um and this opens up the whole 
thing of having it on Disney Plus and adding it to their Marvel re repertoire. Pat, you've been very quiet. Again, are you just waiting for We're a chance to We're going down the jump? line. Paul just went. Now I'm next. I'm not done yet. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's go ahead, Pat. See, I'm like Thank you, Pat. Okay, Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Back oh. to Pat. <laughs> I'm just on. And for pipes, we are doing. It's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know why people care. Like, it's Disney. It's not like it's some small entity. Like, no one's going to boycott, you know, Pinocchio because that's like some. It's, it's just part of a childhood. Like, you watch these movies and that's just something you do. It's like a tradition. Well, I mean, and, one of the. But in, to, to argue to devil's advocate, they're thinking, so what's going to happen at, at the Disney theme parks? Is there going to be like a Deadpool ride? That only adults can go on. Is it? Is there no, going to be? No, I think that's going to be completely separate. You know, I think are they? Is it? Is it going to go into those things? And so you can't take your kids anywhere either. And, well, even if they added a Deadpool ride, who cares? Like, if you don't want your, <laughs> if you don't want your kids to parents see it, to be parents. Yeah, just it, well, yeah. You, you can't it's just say fault, don't do that. Fault. Like, don't let your kids go on the ride. I mean. When you're parenting someone, you're constantly teaching your children what to do and what not to do. Like, for yeah. instance, like the whole, like, cigar thing. Teach your kids to not smoke cigars. If it's offensive, shut it off. If it's offensive, and, don't listen to it. And that's why, yeah. like, they have, again, like we talked about, like, the online retailers, the 21 protected websites. Mm -hmm. You have a, a parental guided thing, you know? Like, you have to have your parents approve of you being in it. If you don't have those safeguards, again, back to the parents, they should have those safeguards. Mm -hmm. And... It's just, and the funny thing about Disney is, I mean, look it up on YouTube if you haven't seen it, but they put suggestive things in all of their movies that yep. no one notices yep. until you oh, really, yeah. until you know it's there. Yep. And it, it's just, it, they try to appeal to the older audience. And like another example is like, look at SpongeBob, for instance, like mm -hmm. SpongeBob is a kid show, but they have adult content that's kind of hidden and you have to be an adult to be like oh i get well, what that means well in spongebob's defense the original series was supposed to be it was marketed when it's from its conception as an adult show and then they turned it into a kid's show yeah, but all these shows have something in it even movies that could but, yeah you know, like, right. when like you know the dad takes her kids out to the movies like you mm -hmm. could be like oh look that looks like a you know mm -hmm. thing yep <laughs> okay but it's like <laughs> um so it, it, they Dang, always... that looks like a thing. You're right, son. I'm Viking. Disney is not as innocent. Disney yeah. is not as innocent as you think they are. And then no. even look at like Pirates uh. of the Caribbean. Like that's <laughs> there's a there's a ride for that, but it's like it's pirates. And mm -hmm. if you watch the movie, like you know, there's some kind of sketchy things that happen. You know, you know what used to happen back then. Like they would like kind of degrade women and everything like that. And it's it's in the movie. They they don't go in a big detail, but if mm -hmm. you're educated, you know that what's going on. And like what they're implying in some of their, you know, conversations, you mm -hmm. know what they're talking about. And mm -hmm. then again, you can go, everyone loves Jack Sparrow. You can go on the ride. Doesn't and it doesn't mention any of that stuff on the ride, you know? Right. It's, right. So I I just think it's just an excuse for people to voice their opinion that no one cares about. Well, I mean, I guess if you look, who's been to Disney World recently? Anyone, I've been. Any, I, I went a long time ago, but I remember it. All right. I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I haven't been there in over 20 years, yeah. but I mean, I, I've been I, there I, more I, recent than that. All right, so. but I mean, is there? And correct me if, if this is wrong, but are there there are rides in Disney World that you have to be a certain age? 
Well, yeah, or a certain yeah. height a lot of the rides to, 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 to ride them, yes. correct? Well, yes. I think if you're not a, just for kids. I actually think if you're a minor, you have to have a parent with you to go on any ride. You can't just be a kid and walk in on a ride. Correct. But or or there are certain rides that I think you have to be either a certain you have to age. Be, you have to be a certain like for age instance, or a like height. Right. Mount so Everest. It's, so it's not just for kids; it's for adults too. Yeah, like yeah. Expedition and, and, Everest is like this huge roller coaster that could go like ninety miles per hour backwards at a point. There's a mm-hmm. Yeti. You, you, a kid can't go alone on that ride. So yeti. so if you look at it from that perspective, mm-hmm. Disney is more than just a, for kids. It's for it's for everyone. So why not the channel be for everyone? Right. And then the resorts have drinking. I mean, one of the big things yep. is going to Epcot and drinking around the planet. Yep. Drinking. Around the planet. Correct. Well, yeah, but they have, like, different – like, all the regions are there. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. All right, so are you promoting drinking to your kids now because you can drink at Disney? You and know? Epcot, then they have the, in Germany, they have the beer garden. Yeah, it, 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 it's just – Which is all adults. Mm-hmm. It, it, yep. it, it's a frivolous argument that right. people just want to make because – it gives them some, like some attention. Yeah, when, exactly. You know. yep. Yeah, I, 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 I think I agree. I, haters I, being a haters. You know, I, I think that uh, Disney is not going to stop making family-friendly movies. You know, um, Pixar is not going anywhere. Um, you know, if they if they come out with a Incredibles movie three, I won't at all be surprised. You know, but I I don't think that I don't think this is something that is going to hurt them. But I I will argue that I I think the the major reasons for doing this are they want to they want to make money. Correct. And everyone and, everyone's and streaming you, right you're now. only going to be able to make so much. You're only going to be able to have so many subscribers if your primary market is thirteen and under. And if you want to get, you know, to 200 or 300,000 uh, subscribers, you've got to have a wider selection of content. And so they're, they're, they're doing what they, they need to do if they want to survive as a streaming service. Right? I mean, Correct. that just makes sense. Nope. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And again, you know, um, I applaud uh, Disney Plus for immediately in, inducing a, a, uh, passcode protected entry because uh, you can set up different accounts mm-hmm. you know on you know for who's watching and you can block your kids out of your account and you can make sure that your kids don't see any of the adult yeah, it's not stuff. like they just opened it all up right you know the they, minute they, they... this stuff was out there it was possible to block it so for yep. instance say it came out right and then you're, you're the parent you have three kids mm-hmm if your kid went on before you did, would they be able to see it, or would you have to no. be on first as the parent? They wouldn't. They'd have to. They'd have to put in like all the passwords, the usernames. They'd have to go through the whole step by step. Yeah. So it, it's again like they took the proper safeguards to prevent anyone. From yeah, seeing they it. did. Like I don't see any issue with it. And even these parent organizations who were ticked off at Disney admitted that they that was a good move, and they were glad that they did that. They just don't want to see any of this adult stuff on Disney at all. Can you see that, Pat? What are you looking at, Pat? Dave, just... just... It's a, it, well, I'm trying to figure out who it is. That's my mom. Okay, so Pat's mom says, Patrick, I tried to teach you to do a lot of things you don't do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> what could she possibly be talking about, Pat? I don't know. Maybe working at a cigar shop. Is it is it like making your bed, doing your laundry? <laughs> How about smiling? <laughs> smiling, yeah. <laughs> there you, go. Uh, you, you can shut the comments off now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh my! There's so many things I could say, but I won't, because I'm just that kind of guy. Um, what are we thinking of the pairing right now? Well, we're we're like almost through the, the we're in the final third of the cigar already. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate with Padron because they do smoke quick. But oh, this is a short cigar too in right. its defense. Um, I will say that uh, I believe the uh, prohibition is pulling out a lot more of that cocoa note in the final third of the cigar. It's mm. that nice sweet cocoa note that we all love about Padron, and it's mm. really kind of amped up more now. Still getting the spice, still getting a little bit of the earthy tones, but. That cocoa note is really more pronounced. I think I'm getting a little graham cracker. Are you serious? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I think I just got some. I still think cracker. it's the uh, old Forester man. I don't think it's necessarily the Padron. But well, then again, it's the Pat, Pat's gonna the Pat's gonna say nay to that. But no, I would agree. I I don't I I don't get graham cracker. I don't either. Um, but I think the pairing is working really well. Yeah, really. Well. Um. You know, when I had it a little bit earlier this afternoon, you know, a little test run, pre-show <laughs> libation, um, it, I felt like that it took a little bit of the sweetness away from the cigar. Um, but in the back half, the cigar itself loses a lot of its sweetness. You get more of a oakiness to it and, and um, cedar and leather come out. And now the... Uh, the sweetness of the bourbon is kind of filling that gap. And so I, I still feel like I'm getting a lot of that sweetness that I love in the Padron, along with those changes of flavor. I mean, this cigar changes up a couple of times yep. as you do it. You know, it goes from that really sweet cocoa coffee, earth, and black and white pepper to um, more of a vanilla and caramel kind of thing in the middle. And then at the end... Um, you know, uh, it's more cedar and more leathery and less sweet. And I'm still enjoying the sweetness with the, uh, drink. And I, I really think that that pairing is making that happen. That retro hit is outstanding. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite things about Padron. Oh. <laughs> and I was telling Dan Just, before, like the back third of a lot of Padrones. It's like a pepper bomb. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get bad, but it gets very strong. Get like those mm -hmm. darker Nicaraguan flavors, like yep. the leather, the yep. earth, and the pepper. So uh, I was expecting that the drink would definitely introduce, you know, that sweetness and kind of smoothen that out a little bit because it kind of like, you know, has that thick coating on your palate. Mm. So, yeah, I'm really pleased with the pairing for sure. Mm. You're still batting a thousand, my friend. Good job. We had, we had to change the cigar, Bravo. but that's okay. <laughs> we were very concerned about his, uh, you know, batting average, so we we made it happen. <clears throat> Do we want to talk a little bit about what's coming up at Twins? This is a kind of a busy month. Well, we've we got have... we got Willie Herrera coming in on the sixth yep. of a April. April sixth, which is a Wednesday night from five to nine. Willie mm -hmm. Herrera from Drew Estate will be uh, in the Lendary store. Um, we'll be showcasing a lot of his cigars, uh, Harastelli, and a few other lines. I think the 20-acre farm is also going to be highlighted there, too. Mm -hmm. 
that's pr pretty much where the uh, the deals are going to come from too. It's going to be a line of different accessories. So depending upon what you buy, we'll have different deals that night. Um, there'll be deals for certain singles and for boxes and for multi boxes. And depending upon what you buy, we'll determine what you get for uh, the deals. So uh, come on in on Wednesday, April 6th from 5 to 9. I'll be there because I'll be closing. <laughs> um, and uh, Willie, be, Willie will be there closing with me too. Closing with Willie. Yes. Sounds like a podcast title. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Tuesday, April 12th, we have our next cigar mm. dinner right here at Hooks It. Uh, a night in Tuscany, the Toscano dinner. Yes. With Mike from Toscano. Uh, that's going to be a great time. Tickets are on sale now. They're $80. It's going to be a full-blown, awesome Italian dinner. Mm. Um from one of the premier restaurants around here, uh, the XO, and uh, it, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's it's going to be a really, really, really good. good time. Yep. Cigars, wine, Italian. Yes. Um, Mike is the um, brand ambassador from Toscano. He he's actually from Italy. He's from Italy. And um, you know, if you've never heard of Toscano cigars, Toscano is an Italian company, and they've been making cigars for about 200 years. And, you know, kind of like, you know, calling any kind of carbonated beverage a Coke. In Italy, cigars are generally, you can call a cigar a Toscano because it's the most, just like you'd call any kind of tissue a Kleenex. Mm -hmm. That's really a brand. It's not what it is. Right. You know, it's the same thing over there. You know, Toscano is, is smoked so often that... Uh, that's the uh, a very common name for a cigar over there, and uh, we're going to have some great deals with that, and uh, that's coming up just a little under a month from now. Um, and then uh, Saturday, April 23rd at London Dairy from 10 to 3, Eric Stokeby uh, is going to be there. He owns uh, Fourth Generation Tobacconist. That's a pipe and tobacco company. Um, he's going to be in store. He's celebrating his uh, 10th anniversary in the business with his company, Fourth Generation Tobacconist. That's going to be a great, great time. Uh, so if you're into pipes um, or you want to get into pipes and you want to meet one of the biggest names in the pipe industry right now, uh, he'll be there. Eric Stokeby will be at Twins in Londonderry from 10 to 3 p.m. That's a free event, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. Let's do a little uh, cigar confessions now. What do you think? All right. And tonight, uh, my cigar confession is, please, 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 don't rush the light of your cigar. Mm. You can really, really Im impact how your cigar is going to perform and how you taste it by how you light it. And that's especially true with real mild cigars. I see people, you know, just hold the torch up and half the cigar is black. Get it going, <laughs> and you see all these streaks going up the cigar. You're going to taste those streaks. You're going to taste all that carbon. Um, you know, cigar, you know, tobacco is like a sponge. It absorbs all the tastes and smells around it. And so if you like the taste of carbon and burnt things, then by all means, you know, torch your cigar at 17,000 degrees or whatever. But 
you can really, really enjoy your cigar in ways that maybe you don't normally do by taking your time and doing it right. And I know you all know I've been a big fan of the of the soft flame light um, uh, for a long time. Pat, who's just gotten himself a Dupont, is uh, entered entered the club in which I've been by myself for so long. Uh, and now you're really enjoying it, lighting lighting with a soft flame now, right, Pat? Yeah, it makes a big difference, honestly. Like, I think, I mean, everyone used to make fun of me when I was using, like, jet lighters because I would have two lighters. I would do a single flame because, it, you know, it was easier to kind of mm -hmm. post it. And, you know, you do taste a difference. And I didn't, you know, torch the heck out of my cigar when I was lighting it. But it's just, it's so much, like, harder using a jet than a soft flame. So I think naturally it's going to do a little bit adversely to the cigar. And I, ever since using the soft flame, you, you can get kind of pretty close to it. And there's been times that when I was learning how to do it where, you know, it looked like I torched the hell out of it, but I didn't. Like, you know, the ash on the... The foot of the cigar was still white. It wasn't burnt. But when I would use a jet, if you look at the ash, it would be a little bit, you know, blackened. It wouldn't be like charred black, but there would be a little bit more of a tint on it. So I, I've seen a huge difference. And like I've re-smoked cigars that I've had when I was jetting them. And I, I the beginning of it is a lot more pleasing. So We did a video, uh, two videos actually, about, yep. about a year ago, mm -hmm. um, talking about how to light your cigar with a torch and a soft flame and how long it took and yeah, yeah. i mean you know the, the proper way to do it you know with with a torch you obviously want to give it a little <laughs> bit of a toast but you also don't want to bury your the foot of your cigar into the flame you want to keep it above the flame right and dan showed about how uh lighting a cigar with a soft flame works it takes a little longer but it still you know does a, a fantastic job so it's preference <clears> but <throat> either way you got to know the proper way to do it yep and uh yeah, please do not do not. If you have a Connecticut, what did you say earlier? If your Connecticut wrapper looks like a Maduro, yeah, <laughs> you light it. You might want to go back and try again. Yeah, it 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 really is amazing how taking the time to do that will will change the taste of the cigar. You know, I've I've especially with Connecticut, it's, that's the easiest to, to see it on. Yeah, if you really rush it and you, the cigar gets kind of black and charred. and charred, and you smoke it, and you take the same cigar, obviously not the one you just lit up, but you take a new new cigar, same kind, and you really do a nice toasting of the bottom, and you take your time, and you get it going without having all of those stripes going up your cigar, mm -hmm. and then you taste that. It tastes like two different cigars. Yeah. Obviously, there's going to be some similarities, but you can you can taste the difference. It's not hard to taste the difference. It's mm -hmm. not like you have to be <laughs> some kind of tobacconist or super aficionado or have a you know a palate that's amazing in order to discern the difference. It's easily discernible. Yeah, you know the difference between a well done steak and a medium steak. You, mm -hmm. know, you can easily tell the difference. Low and slow. That's my motto. Low and low slow. And slow. Oh, the things we could do with that. <laughs> I'll just again yeah. let that pass. That's going on the sound. So many different ways. <laughs> low and slow. Low and slow. Yep. Cue the 70s porn music. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> wow. Um, what's brown, what's the cow. final verdict here on the Padron Serie 1926 number six Maduro? Well, there's no question this is a full-body cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, uh, a lot of cocoa, a lot of earth, a lot of that nice uh, spice that I'm getting out of it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to say it again with, with the uh, Old Forester Prohibition. Um, I think it's a fantastic pairing. Uh, I was a little bit, when you said it was, you know, uh, 115, I was kind of questioning it. But, uh, Pat, again, you're batting a 1,000 with this. Mm. Um, gonna, for me, it's pulling out a little bit more of those cocoa notes uh, towards the end of the cigar. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Don't die, Dan. <laughs> All choked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely 115. <laughs> <laughs> okay. but, wow. Uh, all in all, it's been a really, really fantastic pairing. Oh my Kudos, God. Pat buddy. smiled. Kudos. Holy crap. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes you to smile. <laughs> wow. See, uh, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. You want to finish that one golf? <laughs> I wasn't trying to finish in one golf. I just, I don't know. Ooh, fine. <laughs> Pat, what do you think? Uh, I I concur with Paul. I, I think like when you see 115, it's definitely going to be something that you characterize as being, you know, and it's not going to pair with many cigars. But I think you know you can control how you consume it, and if you take like very subtle sips, I think it's going to reward your palate and it's going to offer. <laughs> It's going to offer flavors like again like I I call this like a stout kind of beer with in, but a bourbon. It gives you like those really nice like malted chocolate flavors and it really does coat your palate well. And if you're someone like Dan and you just swig the thing, you know, I want to try to swig it. It's going to be to your detriment, but mm-hmm. yeah, I I'm very pleased with it. It's one of my favorite bourbons and, you know, I I think it paired very well with the cigar. It's not just any stout, man. This is this is more like a like an imperial type of stout. Yeah. The, in terms yep. of the you know what you're what you're trying to accomplish here, this is this is a really flavorful, full body mm. bourbon. Buttery, awesome. yeah, but it's very smooth. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, again, this is probably one of the smoothest. Uh, it, it's not necessarily a barrel age. This is more. It's. It, do they describe how it's? How they got the 115? I mean, is it is, yeah, it, they, is it straight from the barrel? During or? the prohibition, you would have to put it in at 100% proof okay. or 100 yeah. proof. And right. then after the angel share, it would be 115. 115, yep. yep. How about you, Dave? Uh, oh, I concur with what everybody has been saying. You know, the, uh, the, the pairing is just perfect, Pat. Thank you. Um, it's got these wonderful – it's like this – buttery caramelness that's going on um which and it just makes the retro hail for the cigar like unbelievable it's awesome all right <laughs> you have to put the demon boys on for you Dan, can you finish the rest of that in one gulp so we can watch it please <laughs> i think some of it just went down the wrong way oh. Yeah. That was bad. Might want to double up the intermission. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, in the meantime, people, <laughs> as I use my Joker voice, uh, we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back after the break with Sutliff's, uh Crumble Cake Red Virginia. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> All right, everybody, we are back. I think my voice is mostly back. 
<laughs> Mostly. <sighs> and we are smoking this crumble cake, Red Virginia from Set Left Tobacco. Uh, from the tin, it says uh, aged. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> Aged red uh, Virginias pressed into a vintage crumble cake, providing an exceptionally sweet and smooth smoke. <laughs> One can only hope. <coughs> um, it's manufactured by Sutliff. It's Virginia. Guess what's in it? It's Virginia. <laughs> red Virginia. <coughs> There's no flavoring on it. And it's a crumble cake. <laughs> you know what a crumble cake is? It's crumble cake. <laughs> and, uh, Paul, what are we pairing with it? <clears throat> so tonight we're going to pair this tobacco with the Hakaju. Hakaju? Single malt Japanese whiskey. Hakaju. Now, I actually had received this bottle from a relative about five, six years ago. And uh, when I first tried it, I really wasn't too into it. It was a little... Smoky, a little peaty, and I really, at that point in my life, I really didn't like that type of whiskey. So I pushed it off to the side and kept it in my cabinet. Mm -hmm. um, and then when we decided to do the uh, crumble cake, I was trying to figure out what would pair well with this. And immediately when I, I, I went back to this bottle and um, I brought it in and, and had Shell, who uh, I work with, uh, try it out with me. And we both agreed that this actually... You okay? <laughs> Need some water. I'm so happy I brought that bottle. He's got water. Um, we both agreed that this, this whiskey actually pairs pretty well with this, this tobacco. Um, and pretty well? Yep. And uh, I think it did. I think it actually... I want to find out what you guys think. But I think it paired pretty well. Um, one interesting tidbit about this particular whiskey is it's made by the Suntory Corporation, um, and they the, back in 2018 because of the rise in popularity of whiskey in Japan, they actually discontinued it for a couple of years, and then they brought it back last year in limited quantities. So um, it's a very popular uh, whiskey. Again, slightly peated, slightly smoky. Uh, you're going to pick up notes of oak. I pick up a little honey, little pine, little pear. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's going to pair well. It's a little, little, uh, it, the floral notes I get from the whiskey, I think will pair with the floral notes of the tobacco. Um, so just want to see what you guys think. All right. Pat, what are you picking up right, right away? So the um, tobacco has, fix my mic here. Um, has some nice like light spice that kind of coats the palate. It has like a little bit of hay and fig, mm -hmm. and then a really nice like savory like stone fruit sweetness. Mm -hmm. And the whiskey is introducing kind of like I'm getting a lot of like you know floral notes out of it, which is kind of bringing out like this clove note, and it's very leathery to me because it, it it reminds me of a scotch. Mm -hmm. Which it's peated, so that makes sense. Um, yep. It's I haven't had enough time to really sit with it. It's kind of a funky pairing, but I think it is introducing like a nice like I, I love leather, so it's it's adding a nice kind of like leather texture on the finish, and it, it's pretty early days, but you know I, I'm digging it so far. Dave, I can care. <laughs> That's it. I think the pairing is going really well. I think the floral notes and the uh, 
and the uh, whiskey are really um, doing the same with the uh, the pipe tobacco. Um, the Virginias are, I feel like, uh, sweeter with the whiskey as well. One of the things I like about this right off the bat, and this is why like Mississippi River is one of my favorite pipe tobaccos, is when you draw from the pipe, the smoke like entering your palate feels like it's like a vinegar type sensation mm -hmm. on your tongue. Yep. And then once you're done drawing, that texture is gone and then you start getting the flavors. So I, I love that. Yep. I, and I, this is the first tobacco I've had other than Mississippi River that does that. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, Pat, except uh, the way I described the initial draw into my palate was more like a confectionery sugar type uh, mm -hmm. sensation. Mm -hmm. And then when I exhaled, I got a lot of like, I'm going to classify it as a lemon drop melon flavor. <laughs> um, does anyone know what a lemon drop melon is? Mm -hmm. It's a hybrid fruit. They, it's a combination between lemon and 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 a melon. Really? Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's wow. a real thing. But it, but it's it's been it's been it it's literally manufactured. It's 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 a hybrid, and uh, you get a little bit of that lemon melon flavor, uh, a little oakiness, and uh, I think it's I think the pairing is actually bringing out a little bit more of that melon flavor to me. And I do agree with you a little bit more of a leather flavor too. So yeah, I agree with that too. Yep. Leather melons. Dan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> In between coughs. <laughs> Let me tell you what I'm tasting. Um, the tobacco is really, really nice. Um, kind of to Pat's point. Um, Mississippi River is a tobacco that is uh. Um. Seattle Pipe Club brand, which is also owned by Sutliff. They make it for them. And when I open the tin and crack it, I get that uh, same kind of vinegary tin note that I do from uh, Mississippi River. Although Mississippi River's um, vinegar tin note is enough to, like, knock you over. And, More uh, so than my wild man? Oh, yeah. Wow. It's it's bizarre because when you smoke it, you don't get vinegar at all. You taste everything but that. Yeah. And uh, um, kind of similarly here, you know, I get lots of deep, dark, stewed fruit notes, toasted bread, a uh, little bit of cocoa. There's hints of citrus here and there, hay here and there, and a very pleasant spice to it as well. Yeah. Um, medium, medium plus in body, um, medium in strength, I think, for the tobacco. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great blend for the person who's looking for a nice full-bodied Virginia. And one thing I just picked up on is, so the tobacco on its own, on the finish, gives you kind of like, amongst the other flavors I mentioned, it has like this kind of hickory sweet barbecue sauce flavor. And then if you do the drink, so it's fresh on your palate, it kind of takes that out and adds that kind of leathery, kind of oak wood flavor in place of it. So it kind yeah. of changes it from a sweet hickory to like an oak wood and then more of like a leathery note than barbecue. I can dig that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely get that. Yep. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's very good. Um Let's get back to some 
cigar pipe tobacco kind of talk as far as a discussion point as we're smoking through the bowl here. <clears throat> we all have noticed, I'm sure, the prices of everything on earth have gone through the roof. It's watching on the news how a, a year ago a gallon of gas was like $2.30 and today, you know, if you're paying under $4, you're in a really great place. Um, there's a lot of places in the States where it's 5 6 closing in on $7 a gallon for gas. Mm -hmm. That, of course, has made the price of food go up. The price of uh, shipping has gone up. Cigars have gone up. Food has gone up. Restaurants have gone up. Everything's gone up. And um, one of the, you know, we were um, just uh, putting the finishing touches on, on uh one of our uh, upcoming events, and it was brought up, you know, how much play money are people going to have to do uh, purchasing after doing, like, a cigar dinner, perhaps? Do we really want to focus on uh, making an event, you know, about what's bought after it in order to make it successful? And... Um, that raised, I think, the whole question that I, I thought we could talk about tonight is, have we seen, what have we seen as tobacconists in the industry as far as people uh, spending their money on cigars or tobacco? Has it gone up? Has it gone down? Has it stayed the same? Um, what are we noticing? You know, are, are it, you know, I think there has been a kind of an idea that, especially through the, the whole corona thing that um cigars and tobacco is almost a recession proof kind of business um people are always going to go for that um but you know when it comes to the point of you know maybe you had a hundred bucks to spend on cigars and tobacco before maybe now you have 70 bucks or 60 bucks or 50 bucks are we noticing any kind of difference that way? I don't think there's any difference except people are still buying. Um, if one thing we've noticed in the last, well, this quarter really is uh, <clears throat> people have are coming in in droves. They, yeah. they, they, nothing has stopped. As a matter of fact, it's getting busier. Uh, twins here in, in Londonderry Inn and Hooksit have seen more and more people come in. Uh, the lounge upstairs. And and Londonderry is bonkers. There isn't there. I don't think there's a night that they're they don't have a full crowd. Doesn't matter if it's a Monday or a Saturday, and uh, that just means more people coming in, buying cigars, and going upstairs and enjoying themselves. Yeah. I don't really think the the increase of gas and other uh, other products or shipping or whatever is really affecting us. Uh, maybe your point, Dan, that. We may be very well a recession-proof business. Mm. I think people want to have their free time, their fun time. This is their way of expressing that, and uh, we—I I haven't seen any any downward trend in that at all. I've seen a little bit where people will buy; they'll still buy the same amount, <clears throat> but they'll buy cheaper cigars. You know, that's about it. But I mean, on—we've gotten busier, just as you have, and. Mm -hmm. uh, almost because you have because we have a regular uh we have new regulars now because 
London area is so busy, there's no parking places. Yeah. So they come here. Yep. And yep. now they just come here by just because they know it's going to be busy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's crazy. It's always funny to me how, especially when it's cold and nasty out, <coughs> I apparently have really done something to my lungs. <laughs> um, people are so surprised that Londonderry is so busy, especially on a Friday or a Saturday. You know, it's it's the it's not uncommon. It has not been uncommon this winter for like on a Saturday for the bar to open at 12 and have it be full by 12:30 or 1 and it stays that way all day long and people are like what's going on there's no place to park like welcome to twins right. i mean there's you know if you can't smoke at home you can't smoke inside it's too cold to smoke outside or it's too miserable to smoke outside <clears throat> you're going to look for a place to to do it inside and so why wouldn't you come to a place like twins it's always kind of like uh, you know, it's always been this way. The winter time is the bar's heyday. Mm-hmm. You know, the the summertime it's is more like you know buy and fly and go smoke on the porch. But um, especially when the weather is inclement, um, people want to go and sit where they can enjoy a cigar in a comfortable atmosphere and not be cold or wet or rainy or have the wind whipping at them. Um, so. You know, it's, it's, <clears throat> I think to your point, uh, Paul, um, I don't, I don't really see people not coming to Twins, not spending money on cigars, but I, I do think that um, in lieu of doing other things, people are, are doing this. Yep. And I think in our particular case, you can come and have a great social event. At either location, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Londonderry offers the bar, Hooks it offers the the BYOB lounge, and um, both of those experiences really enable people to do, still do social things mm-hmm. uh, that they really enjoy. And so, for less than the cost of a movie ticket, <clears throat> you get to enjoy your cigar. Now, we don't know how it's affecting other businesses. We don't know if the restaurants will feel the effect of this or not. You know, right. people might decide not to go out for dinner, you know, two or three nights a week. Maybe they'll go once a, once a week or maybe twice a month, whatever. Um, so we don't really know what other, you know, services or, 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 or retailers will be uh, affected. But in the, mm. in the cigar world, you know, people are still coming. And I think this is their this is their fun time. This is their mm-hmm. this is their escape. Mm-hmm. Now, what have you noticed up at the bar, Pat? I mean, it's definitely gotten busier. I mean, I'm trying to reflect on when I first started, and you know, I I think it, it's always been moderate. Like the, it's it's you know the, when there's a day and there's only like ten people in the building, it was always shocking. But typically, it was moderate like you know you're never really behind on anything i'd say maybe half capacity average but you know i I work um currently saturday and sundays and you know i'm in the bar still doing homework throughout the week but i noticed that (laughs) sunday used to be a moderate day Mm -hmm. and then recently it's been one of the busier days to the point where we had to change staffing to where I'm upstairs permanently because having one bartender, it's not enough anymore. Right. right. And 
it's I, I've noticed everyone that was there when I started on Sundays is still there, but I've noticed a lot of new faces that have become regulars that I now know because they constantly come once a week on Sunday. Yeah, and I I don't really know why, but it's good. But um, I I think one of the unique things about just cigar smoking is. You know, when you go out to dinner, I think, you know, it's kind of a flat fee. You can kind of expect it's going to be about, you know, X amount of money because entrees are kind of priced accordingly. Mm-hmm. But when you go to a cigar lounge, you can get a really good cigar for, you know, a few bucks. Right. And that cigar burns the same amount of time as something else would. You can get drinks upstairs. You know, you have the 724 promo. You can right. get a really nice shot of bourbon or whiskey or tequila for seven bucks. So, I don't think, you know, our industry has really been hit negatively from it. Right. I think it's kind of prospered from it, but mm-hmm. I definitely notice it's been a lot more busy. And then yeah, during yeah. the week, it's... Now, the parking lot is deceivingly busy because everyone drives themselves. So, I mean, right. spaces to bar seats that, you know, it is what it is. But it's been getting packed. Like, I, I think when I started the first year I worked... There's only one occasion. Uh, granted, you know, COVID was more severe than it currently is, but there was one event where there was standing room. Like, if, you know, people were standing. But during the week, I'd say at least one or two days a week, you have people standing, which is pretty unique to when I right. started. Yeah. Wednesdays of all days have been very horrendous. busy. Mm-hmm. Very busy. Hump day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work Wednesday and Thursday nights, and and we've noticed that Wednesdays and Thursdays are just full bore, mm-hmm. uh, and and it starts earlier too. I mean, like you say, I'll come in around eleven or twelve in, in the afternoon, and just around the bar, around the time the bar's opening, and I'll count twenty cars in the parking lot, and I know they're upstairs waiting for that door to open. Right, and it starts earlier. You might have a little bit of a lull around dinner time, and then around seven or so, it just comes right back. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we got. Uh, is 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 I don't I don't and I don't really see that changing until the weather is, you know, more consistent. You know, nice out when when the golfers and bikers are out. We may see a little bit of a shift there, but I still think people are going to be like you say, Dan. You know, buy and fly. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to change much for us. Yep. Yep. Now, something I think we've noticed at the store too is that we've seen a, a influx of pipe smoking people mm-hmm. and there have been a lot of cigar people who have crossed that line and are now enjoying pipes and um, you know if if you are a person who is concerned about how much money you have to spend you like to smoke still want to smoke um, uh, one of the reasons I think we're seeing that is because um, dollar for dollar, you get a lot more bang for your buck with pipe tobacco. <coughs> for instance, for instance, this tin of crumble cake here is the same cost as the cigar that we uh, smoked, the Padron uh, 1926 number six. Um, but we've all been able to enjoy tobacco from this tin mm-hmm. um, you could probably fill your pipe depending on the size somewhere between 15 and 20 times out of this tin for 16 bucks whereas you know in 45 minutes the number six is gone you know and so 
you can really enjoy really, really good high-end tobacco, you can get a great experience smoking mm -hmm. for a fraction of the cost. And I, I do think that's one of the reasons we've seen the pipe community get bigger and bigger. I think there's, I don't, I don't think that's the only reason. Well, no, but I you're think the Darth I, Piper, Dan. I, th I, think that, <laughs> I think that is one of the reasons, is that, uh, you know, it, when the most expensive, uh, you've heard me say it before, the most expensive thing about smoking a pipe is buying the pipe. After that, you know, you can get tobacco relatively cheap compared to cigars. Um, now, there is the bug that comes, and so instead of buying one tin, you buy two, one to smoke, one to save. You end up saying, ooh, I like that pipe too. And so you buy another one. So it's, it's you know, it, I don't know that pipe people are spending less money in the long run. But, you know, I, I think that the enjoyment of it is is, is certainly something. I, I know for me, you know, <clears throat> working in the tobacco shop, I could spend my whole paycheck smoking cigars. And there was a season of my life where I practically did that. And when I realized, you know, how much money I was spending on, on cigars, I, you know, stopped myself. I do have bills to pay, kids to feed, you know. But, you know, I've also realized that, that uh, so, so it's gotten to the point where, you know, I, I can, like when Boston Tea Party hit the store, I was pumped because I love that tobacco. It's great. And for... The price of a Padron, I could smoke for a week. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, you know, there's something to be said for that. What do you guys think about all that? Do you think that's a bunch of bunk, or are you with that, against that? No, I mean, I've I've seen it where we I've had many different customers who started off as as cigar only customers, mm -hmm. and then they get their introduction to pipe tobacco, and then Pretty soon, they're adding pipe tobacco along with their cigar purchases. And now, I've seen probably a, a good handful, if not more, strictly go to pipe. Mm. And I think they've realized twofold. A, yes, they can save money by buying the pipe tobacco, but they also enjoy what the pipe tobacco is, is providing mm -hmm. them. They mm -hmm. enjoy the flavors of it. Yep. They really have gotten into it. Um, you know, young, and it's not the older folks; it's the younger folks. I've noticed several yeah. different younger, you know, in their twenties who have come in, and again, in the beginning they were all cigars, and now they're all pipe. Who are some of those people? Want me to give names? Well, <laughs> you don't have to like give people away. I mean, I, I mean, I just well, really? I'm, I'm not going to give names, but I'll just say that they, I, these, these are, these are gentlemen in their mid twenties mm -hmm. who when they first came in they were just of age. They're all cigar cigars and they were buying cigars by the trayful. Okay. And I hardly see them anymore go into the humidor. They make a quick right turn when they enter <laughs> and they go right to the pipe tobacco and they're buying not just one tin, they're buying several tins mm -hmm. or several packages of our blends. And then they're coming in on a regular basis. So to that to that extent you don't see them necessarily spending less in the store either. 
Not necessarily, no, but their their experiences are, yes, they, they see the value in mm -hmm. terms of pipe, but they see the experience mm -hmm. and, and what they're going to get out of it. Right. And that, that really, it is, it's, it's nice to see, really. And, and then you get a lot of customers who do both. Right. They, they want to be able to have their pipe tobacco, you know, and then they'll buy the cigars. So they, they're not they're not giving up the cigars. Yeah. They're they're enjoying both different the, 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 both experiences. Yeah. So and and but they're not telling me that it's because of cost. Right. But and one guy specifically comes in probably on a weekly basis. He buys the same box or two, and he goes right to the back pipe tobacco, and he's willing to try different blends. He wants to find, he wants to go through every single pipe tobacco we have. Mm. to try to capture what he's looking for and, right. and he's hooked now yeah yeah it's yeah, i love what kaz said last mm. week that uh, if, if you're in the mood for steak and somebody offers you an ice cream that's not going to scratch the itch mm -hmm. right but if you're you know if you're in the mood for ice cream somebody offers you a steak that's not going to help you either that cigars and pipes are two different things yep. and you know i'm i'm not giving up cigars for anybody um I love my cigars, but when you're in the mood for a pipe, that's that's the only thing that works. Yep. And there are tastes and smells and experiences from smoking a pipe that you just can't get from cigars. Right. Because they're two different things. Not because one's better than the other. It's just two different things. And, um, uh, you know, I think exposing people to a different thing, you know, and, and showing them a different way of enjoying tobacco, I think is a really good thing. I think it's a great thing for the shop. I think it's a great thing for them. Yep. Yeah, Kurt says, isn't there a special group that comes in on Sunday? <clears throat> well, there's a special group that comes in on Saturday. <clears throat> what Sunday thing is he talking about? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of bikers. Well, you're, you're, on, you're in on Sundays. A lot of I'm bikers not, I, never I, there I, on Sundays. I, I might, I'm not sure exactly where he's going with this, but I, if, if it's what I think it is, Pat, you might know more about them than I do. No, he says, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> oh. oh, no, 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 no. I know what he's doing. I know what he's about. <laughs> it's only once a month, though, Kurt. <laughs> there might be another group coming in, too. They were in. God help us. Yeah, really. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We talking? Are we talking biking groups? No, not necessarily. Mm -mm. What What is he talking about? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Poor Jack Daniels upstairs. Oh my Poor gosh. man. <laughs> Can't wait for the deck to open fully. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for a little? Would you rather? Yes. All right. Uh, the would you rather question tonight. This should engender some discussion. Um, would you rather? Humans discover a signal from intelligent life from another planet or figure out how to extend human life for another hundred years. Can you repeat that one more time? Would you rather people discover intelligent life on other planets mm -hmm. or figure out how to make the average lifespan a hundred years longer insert crickets here um <laughs> i'd rather i'd rather i'd rather find intelligent life you know i don't want to put up with anybody any longer than i have to and i'm pretty sure they don't want to put up with me that longer either why would i want to bear diapers for another hundred years 
Like, <laughs> that's just, oh, no. Uh, yeah. Your assumption is that if you extended 100 years, you'd be 100 years in a diaper? I mean, it all depends, like, what happens when, when they come out with this miracle thing and they give it to you and, you know, if you're old, then you're going to be old for longer. That is what another 100 years would do. You'd be older longer, yes. Paul? I, I don't – that's tough because if if there was a way to uh, – how do I put this? If If there was a way to thoroughly enjoy your life for another 100 years – where you didn't have to. Uh, yeah, what if, guess, what if guess, middle guess, age was like at seventy-five, or a hundred, or a hundred? You know, I, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, we. I guess we all do what we have to do to <laughs> get your life to, to, at, to at get, 30. To, get to, to get through the days and all that. But do we, do we want to do this the same thing that we're doing for another hundred years? I don't, mm. I don't. I don't know if that's what I want to do. If there's if there's some type of you know, additional, I don't know, uh, we didn't have to worry about, you know, financing the next hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about that. Yeah, I mean, like, when would you have your kids? Would you have them when you're like 30? That'd be, I mean, think about it. You'd have like five, six generations all living together. Like, all right, let me, let, me, let me put it this way. That's a population all, problem. All things being equal, if you didn't have to worry about financing yourself the next hundred years, then I would say yes. Yes to the hundred years. But if you have to take what you have now and make it st and stretch it out for another hundred years, that'd be a little tough, yeah. you know. So having, right. having without without that additional all right. information, I would, say, I would say I would rather – find intelligent life okay so we have one i'd rather find aliens one i'd rather live another hundred years no no, no. Well, well if, if without yeah with the financial security right. going along with it pat i know you've only been on this planet for a short time <laughs> 24 years you jealous <laughs> no i've been here twice as long i've got lessons i'm not gonna be learning again i'm so glad i'm not where you are i'm laughing at the problems you're dealing I'll with i'll see you at your funeral <laughs> hopefully hopefully world is a cruel place i would choose the latter just because um that that, gives me that's very vague what is the latter the second option being alive 100 years longer okay yep and that's it gives me time to smoke my cigars i wouldn't have to give them to someone so give them to someone. Greed. You're, Isn't that so greed. You're worried about giving your cigars to someone greed when you die. Guides your decision. No one's gonna smoke my cigars. I'm gonna smoke them myself. Well, it gives you another hundred years to smoke some cigars. You know, hang out, chill. I bought the cigar back in 2022. You know, watch get, watch <laughs> Disney get. You know, Disney go to porn or something. You know. <laughs> A lot can happen hundred years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I think I downloaded the wrong Aladdin video. Oh my gosh. Um, what's our final verdict here on the uh, crumble cake, Red Virginia from Sutliff? I thoroughly enjoyed this tobacco, and I'll, I'll I'll be honest with you, this is very unique tobacco to me. Um, like I said before, I was getting more of a confectionery sugar on the palate in the first drawer. It went away on the exhale. Brought out a little bit more of that, like <laughs> that lemon drop melon flavor. Um, nice spice on the retrohale. 
Um, I thought it was an outstanding tobacco. I, I did like the, I, I thought the uh, Hakushu brought out, like, bless like, you. like Pat had said, a little bit more of that leather tones. I think the smoky yep. peat, it's not very peaty. It's, no, it's, it's just all. lightly peated, mm -hmm. lightly smoky. Brought out a little bit more of those leather tones. I thought it was a pretty good complimentary pairing. Mm -hmm. I think you did great, Paul. Yeah, it was, it was just kind of like a, a shot in the dark. I really just kind of, for some reason, I just kind of felt like Hakushu. No, I, I just really kind of went to, <laughs> I said, what do I have in my cabinet that I haven't had in a while? And again, the reason why I haven't had this is in the back in the, like five, six years ago, I really wasn't into that smoky, peaty flavor. And I've had this maybe a few more times and I I'm, my palate's accepting of it now. Mm. So as you get older, your palate changes a little bit. Now I can, now I'm, I'm enjoying this a little bit more. I thought the uh, floral notes from the uh, from the whiskey was going to complement the tobacco, that, you know, and it and I thought in, it did. In a hundred years, you'll be drinking Mountain Dew. No, never, <laughs> never, no, no, nope. with nope. some turkey, wild turkey. Yeah. Dave, what did you think of the uh, crumble cake? I thought it was magical. Yep, I didn't think that the pairing was really good. Um, the the sweetness of both really played well with each other. Uh, the floral notes really played well with each other. Um, I'm highly satisfied. Thank you, Paul. For another hundred years. For another hundred years. <laughs> no, I wanted aliens. <laughs> we still want aliens. Pat, I enjoyed it a lot. Actually, it reminds me a lot of Mississippi River, but it has a different, you know, kind of twist to it. You know, it has like that nice. Being that it doesn't have anything other than Mississippi River, <laughs> other than this one tobacco. Well, it has that like vinegar sensation that I enjoy from Mississippi River. So I think, for one, if if someone enjoys Mississippi River, I would highly suggest they try this because it's it gives you the same kind of experience by that sensation on the palate, except obviously different flavors. Like it's very like stone fruit sweet forward, and then it gives yeah. you know like that hay and kind of figs from the drink. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think the drink definitely was complimentary I, I enjoyed now i did like that hickory kind of barbecue sauce sweetness i got without mm -hmm. the drink mm -hmm. but i'm a scotch drinker so that leather note that it introduced in place of that was very welcoming to me so yeah yeah I, i'm enjoying the leather with it. i didn't know what i would think of that you know that the kind of smoky peatiness along with the virginia but i i really think it works it it and uh uh it's very pleasant. Mm -hmm. I like it, Paul. You did a great job. Yay, yeah, thanks, Paul! Yeah. Yay. Great job. Mm. Um, watch out, Pat. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> you got competition, Pat. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, next Monday on Not Just Blown Smoke, Tequila Talia Yay. is going to be back with us, and she's going to be joining Ow. us as we look back on the first quarter of new releases in 2022. We're going to be talking about. The cigars and tobaccos that came out in the first quarter once we've done on the show obviously as well as ones that we did not and talk about how we think the cigar industry is doing for the first quarter did they come out with a bunch of stuff that was impressive you know what worked what didn't we're gonna give our thoughts on that and um we're going to do that by lighting up one of those cigars that came out, the Black Label Memento Mori. Mm. And uh, Cornell and Deals just released Eight State Burley Small Batch, which is just hitting the stores uh, just a couple days after we air this, Wednesday the 23rd, I believe. 
Um, and so that's going to be a really good show, too. So make sure you're here with us next Monday, 8 o'clock. Don't miss it. And that's not just blowing smoke, people. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is not just blowing smoke. Rolling with the top down.